Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, by a show of hands here. Now be honest. Who's going to be honest with us here? When when we mentioned on this radio show or when we had callers call into this radio show and say it straight out, they don't want you eating beef. They don't want you eating American beef. Heck, they don't even want you eating Paraguayan beef. They want you eating bugs. Now, they'll have the steak and lobster for themselves while they're at their global climate summits and things like that. But then they'll go tell the lobstermen of Maine, no, 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 you've got to stop, you know, fishing for lobster. Uh, They'll still have the steak and lobster for themselves, but they want you to eat bugs. How many of you out there were like, oh, come on now, Aaron, come on now. You can't honestly believe that's what they're trying to do. You can't believe that's what they're trying to do in America. Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're just trying to sell crickets as protein, crickets as meat to folks back in, you know, uh, Asia or somewhere else. But they won't try to make us eat bugs. Oh, think again. Uh, did any of you guys see Laura Ingram's program last night? I caught just an excerpt of it. It was very interesting, though. And, and of course, there's so many things to talk about right now with threats to American security. Threats to our energy security, threats to our national security, threats flooding into this country on a daily basis with this wide open southern border. But I uh, fundamentally believe, and I, I think you do as well, that food security is national security. Energy security is national security. Uh, this is from the DailyCaller.com. Haley Gomez writes this. Two cattle ranchers called low beef production a crisis for Americans and warned on Fox News that major meatpacking companies are now beginning to invest in bugs. Uh, Here was the tail end of of one segment here. This is a a cattle rancher by the name of Shad Sullivan, who was on the Ingram angle last night. John is right in everything that he says, but it's a symptom of what is going on, and we have to get on top of that. Otherwise, we will see uh, uh, Americans eating bugs in the next 20 years, as we know that two of our major, of the four major meat packers have invested heavily in bugs. One, uh, Tyson Foods announcing uh, two weeks ago that they're going to build a $500 million plant uh, for crickets. So this problem is real, but it's a liberty and freedom issue. And that's where we have to focus on. We have to stop this. Yeah, I thought that was well said uh, by Shad Sullivan there, that this is also a liberty and, and freedom issue. And when we see, for example, uh, the bureaucrats in Washington and the Biden administration in Washington pushing things like the waters of the U.S. regulations, when we see them, you know, trying to turn the screws on American farmers and ranchers by radical environmental activists running the, the BLM, for example, or the Department of Interior, they are trying fundamentally they want to strip away your freedoms they want to strip away your rights so that they can ultimately strip away your land because remember they're pushing 30 by 30 they are telling you they want to pull a large chunk of america out of production anyway more to follow after this phone lines are This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right, you guys fill me in here. You guys give me your take. I, you know, I've said this before. I'm a town kid. I grew up in town. Uh, I loved every opportunity I had to, to spend some time on a ranch, whether it was friends' ranches or, you know, family uh, r- ranches, you name it. But I'm a town kid. My cousins were the cool cowboys. They are the cool cowboys. I'm a town kid. But this is very interesting to me. So I, I think I mentioned this Monday on this show. Uh, Marco Manukian out of Malta always provides really great insight. He was the uh, longtime extension agent for Phillips County, and, and now he's still working with the uh, with the Livestock Association in Phillips County as well, uh, serving, I think it was with Treasurer, if I'm not mistaken, for the outfit there. Got to see him in Malta back in December when we did our live show from Malta. Um, but last week I shared the information about our national debt that Marco had shared with me. And then, and then he sent me a follow up over the weekend. He said, "Hey, Aaron, look at this, look at this report from the uh, Farm Bureau, a national report from the American Farm Bureau Federation. This is uh, the beef cattle inventory breakdown. Oh, uh, the headline was this: U.S. cattle inventory smallest in seventy three years." And uh, and he specifically said, "Look at the section on." cattle on feed cattle on feed and the the cattle cycle he said basically calf production is the same right now as it was in 1948 so i I went and looked at that report uh, again here and looking at the cattle on feed section in particular and you guys tell me what what your read is on this Uh, or if you got something else you want to call in and talk about we've got the phone lines open for you as well lots of things in the news today but here, here's from the Farm Bureau report. There is a strange situation underway with cattle on feed. Despite the historically low cattle and beef cattle inventory, the supply of cattle on feed for, for market is curiously high. All cattle and calves on feed for all U.S. feedlots is estimated to be 14.4 million, up 2% from 2023. This means there are still plenty of cattle available to meet packer needs for now, which will keep beef prices from skyrocketing in the short term. However, as the cattle on feed supply begins to shrink based on lower numbers further up the supply chain, packers will have to compete to secure cattle, which should lead to higher prices for cattle feeders, especially in the second half of 2024. The smallest calf uh, crop since 1948. Again, the smallest calf crop since 1948 and a 1% decline in replacement beef heifers from last year indicate that when the current supply of cattle on feed dries up, there won't be as many cattle available to refill the supply chain. This could send beef prices to record levels in 2024 and 2025 as we hit the supply bottom of the current uh, cattle cycle. So anyway, that was the, the particular uh, reference to cattle on feed that caught uh, Marco's eye. Something else caught my eye in this uh, Laura Ingram segment last night. I played the soundbite from the uh, cattle rancher Shad Sullivan, who was talking about how, hey, look at look at what they did just two weeks ago. He said, look look at what they did just two weeks ago. Tyson Foods announced two weeks ago they're going to build a five hundred million dollar plant for crickets. And I know I'm not hearing crickets out there. Instead, I'm hearing what people just saying that is just absolutely crazy. But but look, folks, food security is 
American security. And I think we are seeing attacks on American security right now on every single front, cybersecurity, energy security, food security. And then, of course, as we've talked at length, border security. Um, another gentleman who, who was on that segment last night, and where did I put to here it is, uh, a gentleman by the name of John Boyd Jr., he is the founder of the National Black Farmers Association. Listen to what he had to say about the challenges facing farmers and ranchers in America right now, you know, not to mention the drought and everything else and, you know, uh, profitability, etc. Well, you know, uh, the farmers are going out of business every day. And what's happening is America's beef cattle producers are depleting their, their herds, so they're not um, having more calves so that they can multiply. We are producing one billion pounds less of American beef than we were last year this time. So this is a, a crisis that's going to affect every American at, at the local grocery stores. But here's what was problematic for me. Um, we help all of these other foreign countries, uh, $100 billion to Ukraine to, and help Ukraine farmers, but we won't help America's farmers right here at home. Yeah, anyway, I thought great point there by John Boyd Jr. And, and not only is this current administration under the Biden-Tester regime not helping farmers and ranchers here at home, they're, they're actually doing quite the opposite. They're actively undermining farmers and ranchers back here at home in America. I mean, I mean uh, John Tester has handpicked American Prairie Reserve activists, radical environmental activists, to run the Bureau of Land Management and other land management agencies. Uh, and, and what he said there, too, is, oh, they'll give $100 billion to Ukraine, but they won't help. They'll, they'll help farmers and ranchers in Ukraine, but they won't help farmers and ranchers here in America. No, quite the opposite. They will attack farmers and ranchers here in America with regulations and all sorts of other nonsense. And speaking of Ukraine, that was one thing Marco Manukian told us back in December when I was in Malta. He made a great point. He said, he said, you know, we still despite all the federal money that's been spent in the last three years. We still have enormous infrastructure needs all along the northern tier of Montana, all across the High Line. And he made the point, you know, with that hundred plus billion dollars that we sent over to Ukraine, we could have built, what did he say, a hundred St. Mary's uh, or more, right? We could have built 110 St. Mary's, the, the massive irrigation project that props up all these uh, irrigated farms, etc. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. When Bidenomics takes its toll, just put Fruit Loops in your bowl. <laughs> According to the latest data from USDA, Americans are spending the highest share on their income on food in 30 years. It's true. Earlier today, I put a down payment on a jar of Fluffernutter. I like those. But it's not funny. Food prices are out of control, which can only mean one thing. The ladies of The View are on the verge of bankruptcy. Oh, that was Greg Gutfeld uh, last night on Fox. Uh, yeah, and then he played a soundbite uh, from the CEO of, of Kellogg, you know, Kellogg Foods, saying, oh, just just eat cereal for dinner. Yeah, yeah, just eat cereal for dinner. Uh, it's like, no, you're going to want some protein, not just for dinner, but for breakfast as well. 
you're going to want some beef uh, or, you know, some, some bacon, some eggs, something other than just cereal, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah, hey, if you're struggling on the, under the Joe Biden, John Tester inflation, just eat cereal for dinner. For Pete's sake, uh, he had another uh, funny line. Uh, I'll get to that here, but phone lines are open for you. 406-294-0970. Believe me, I could talk about food uh, and beef and more for the entire hour, but we want to hear what you want to talk about. Uh, so you can send us a message on the Montana Talks app or give us a call right now. 406-294-0970. Right on John in Bozeman. What's going on? Right on John. Uh, good morning, Aaron. Morning. Hey, uh, I got a potent list of stuff here that really has got to be said here. Since Biden's not uh, taking care of our southern border, Greg Giaforte, hey, buddy, secure our borders, follow Arizona, protect our state, make it a felony for employers to hire non-documented workers, and make it uh, illegals, illegal to enter our state, and if one caught, ship them off to Democrat states. Uh, then we got, uh, zero monies to, to zero, uh, to Israel. Uh, cut Ukraine's, uh, proposed monies in half and use them, uh, to finish our border walls. And Biden must refer to his executive orders in full. It's Mexico's problem with all the immigrants and that, uh, that he, they let into the country. And then we, we need to, uh, surgically look at all the monies we sent out to, uh, pretty much every other country in the world for frivolous projects and use them to uh, aid our farmers here and uh, keep the beef on our tables. Uh, and then uh, finally here, um, the environmental groups must bond the same amount fully, and if they lose the court case, they must uh, pay, uh, pay the courts and uh, 60% to uh, the forestry or to the mining groups that, that uh, uh, they were trying to halt because they, they lose big time money every time they put a, uh, a court case through there. And uh, uh, anything else, I'll just finish up uh, uh, tomorrow. Hey, all right. Hey, well, that, well, thanks for that that list of, of topics. Yeah, a whole number of topics there. Right on, John. Great to hear from you. That, that first one that you mentioned about, hey, what can the state of Montana do? Because uh, uh, we know that fundamentally, at the end of the day, Joe Biden uh, can undo his own policies. It's his policies that have caused this all-out invasion on the southern border. But uh, I don't think we should hold our breath waiting for, for Biden uh, to do something about it because he, he supports this invasion. They see this as, as the importation of future voters so they can have a permanent grip uh, over this country for the foreseeable future. But, hey, that idea that you've got about, hey, let's get some new laws on the books here in Montana. In fact, a member of the Montana legislature could start drafting that type of legislation right now. Now, unfortunately, we'd have to wait probably until uh, the legislative session, uh, in, you know, coming up next spring uh, to pass a law uh, to pass new laws. But they can start drafting that right now. They can start ginning up support for that right now. Um, I did see I've got this on our Montana Talks website right now. Uh, Governor Greg Gianforte was at the White House. Uh, he was actually there along with several other governors in person meeting with Joe Biden. Apparently it was an off-camera meeting. But uh, he basically delivered a manila folder to Joe Biden. And, and he said, here's your plan. Here's your 10-point plan to secure our border. 
Uh, let me just, and I've, I've got that on our Montana Talks website right now. Number one, continue Title 42. Number two, fully reinstate the migrant protection protocols. Number three, finish securing the border, i.e. the border wall, etc. Number four, end catch and release. Number five, clear the judicial backlog. Number six, resume the deportation of all criminals. Look at the, the guy in Georgia, the illegal alien that allegedly murdered that young college student in Georgia. He had already been arrested for other crimes in addition to breaking into this country illegally. And liberal Soros funded prosecutors in New York put him right back out on the streets. So resume the deportation of all criminals. Now, many of us would argue that anybody who comes into this country illegally is a criminal because you broke the law just by entering this country. But either way, this is a no-brainer. Resume the deportation of all criminals. Number seven, dedicate federal resources to eradicate human trafficking and drug trafficking. Let me go off on a tangent on that one, too. Um, So we've got a story. I I think I put this story on our Montana Talks website here. Uh, let's see. It was about a, a sex trafficker convicted in federal court, a guy from Billings. Let me pull up the story here since I'm on this tangent for a second. And thanks to, uh, oh no, here we go. Virginia man gets 10 years for sex trafficking of a minor in Billings. So a Virginia man was sex trafficking a minor in Montana and only gets 10 years. I mean, that was my first reaction. But then but then, of course, my other reaction is this. You do realize when they tell you that that a a criminal is getting 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, that typically they get out in a quarter of that amount of time. So in reality, like they'll get these these prosecutors will announce these big headlines. Oh, so and so getting 50 years. So and so getting hit with this life sentence. Uh, no, they're usually out far earlier than what the sentence actually uh, uh, prescribes for. Uh, number seven, dedicate federal resources to eradicate human trafficking and drug trafficking. Number eight, re-enter all agreements with our Northern Triangle partners in Mexico. Number nine, send a clear message to potential migrants. That's the other part of securing our border is that why do people keep coming? Why do people on the terror watch list keep coming? Why do these criminals keep uh, leaving the prisons of Venezuela, keep leaving the mental institutions of Venezuela and flooding into America? Because they know they can. The more they allow in, the more others get the message that they can come to. And then, of course, deploy more federal law enforcement officers uh, uh, across the board. So that was Governor uh, Gianforte's 10-point plan. You can see the full thing on our Montana Talks website right now. Uh, Ken in Great Falls next up on the phone lines. Ken, good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, You stopped them by arresting the employers. Under Trump, maybe 20 a year employers. See, it's illegal to hire an illegal alien. It's a three to ten thousand dollar fine for every illegal alien they have working for them. There are over close to eight million illegal aliens working in this country. About a hundred thousand employers, probably about a hundred of them in Montana. Knutson can can go and arrest them. Now you arrest the employers, and then there's no jobs, and the illegal aliens will have to leave, and they won't come here anymore if they can't work here. 
they won't come here. Well, the, they can work here in the drug trade. That's what that's what many of them are doing, Kenny. They're, they're working in the drug trade right now. And why were the numbers no. so much better under Trump than they are right now? If it, Seven if it's, million. Seven million are here. They're working in the farms. They're working in the ranches. They're working in the slaughterhouses. They're working construction. They're, they're murdering college students in Georgia. They're raping kids in Virginia. They're murdering teenagers in Louisiana. They're stabbing people in Kyla. They're stabbing people in downtown bars. Uh, arrest the employers, and they won't be here. There's no reason for them to come if they can't find work. They're working here. Seven million of them are working here. You see them. I had a construction crew putting in an optic line across my land. I went to talk to them. One of them barely spoke English. They're all over Montana because they're construction crews. Was he legal or illegal? Was he? You can get rid of them. Was he legal or illegal? The guy you talked with. Was he? Was the guy you talked with legal or illegal? I don't know. I I imagine he's probably illegal. Seven million of them are. So that's funny. So if if uh, if a Republican said what you just said. They would be accused of racially profiling and racial discrimination. So, so yeah, you just went with the assumption that somebody who could be working here legally uh, is an illegal. Uh, Ken, great to hear from you. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it's interesting. You're still trying to blame Trump. You're still trying to suggest that Joe Biden and John Tester can't stop this invasion. Oh, they're just they're just migrant farm workers. They're just people working in construction. Oh, give me a break. Uh, Venezuela has uh, has emptied their prisons. They've emptied their insane asylums and they've sent them right here because you guys have laid out the red carpet for them. Uh, next up, let's see. Uh, Tanner Smith in Lakeside. Tanner, good to hear from you. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, thanks for having me on. I would just like to dovetail on what right on John was saying. I would encourage them to look at my campaign for governor because all the things everybody is speaking about are all things that I would have done three years ago. You know, Governor... Gianforte could do an executive action, which is what I would do, and use our plainclothes National Guard to start rounding these folks up. You know, I have friends that are on the deputy sheriff here in, in Kalispell, and they're equally as frustrated with it that there's no movement from the state level. Uh, and, and Ken is partially right about the employers. You know, I, I talked to the Department of Revenue people, and these illegals are working less than 90 days on these jobs up here in Columbia Falls and Kalispell. And then they switch different to different jobs, so the Department of Revenue really can't track them. Yeah, I so, agree on the employer thing. No, I'm glad you pointed that out. Like, like for example, the I, but I think Ken was just trying to uh, shift the blame. But, but, but I think we would agree yeah. on the employer situation. For example, uh, and Tanner, hold that thought. I'll come back to you after the break. But for example, the murder suspect in Georgia, the illegal alien, he was working for Uber Eats. How did he get hired? This is where Montana talks at. With Lane Nordland. Farming activities in the United States accounted for only 10.6% of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions in 2021, according to data from USDA. The data out this week shows that from 2020 to 2021, agricultural greenhouse gas emissions actually decreased from 11.1% to 10.6% as a share of total U.S. emissions because of changes in other industries. Of the common economic sectors in the U.S., industry accounted for the largest portion of total greenhouse gas emissions at 30.1%, followed by transportation, commercial, residential, and finally agriculture. Total U.S. greenhouse gas emissions in 2021 were 2.3% lower than they were in 1990.
In other USDA headlines, its risk management agency is now expanding crop insurance tailored for nursery producers to all counties in all states. Nursery Value Select is a pilot program that enables nursery producers to select the dollar amount of coverage that best fits their risk management needs. Its expansion is part of USDA's risk management agency's efforts to provide insurance options for a broader group of producers, including specialty crop producers. The program will cover field-grown and containerized nursery plants and offers coverage levels between catastrophic and 75%. Universal enrollment will begin for the 2025 crop year. I'm Lane North This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, yeah, getting this uh, phone call from Tanner Smith in Lakeside reminded me we had a message come in on our Montana Talks app uh, here regarding Ryan Bussey's campaign. Ryan Bussey is uh, so far the, the only Democrat candidate for governor here in Montana. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else uh, files before March. But uh, 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 so anyway, I'll share that message here in a second. Nathan in Billings responding to that story about the, uh, uh, the head of the, uh, the National Association of Black Farmers making the point that why are they sending all this money to Ukrainian farmers, but they don't want to even help farmers here in America? Nathan and Billings, why do these rat politicians more ardently support Ukraine over the U.S.? If they love Ukraine so much, then go fight yourself. This is treason. That's what Nathan and Billings had to say. All right, back to uh, Tanner Smith in Lakeside. Yeah, Tanner, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, yeah, let's crack down on, on, on employers that are employing illegal aliens. I mean, case in point, he had the, the, the illegal alien who had already had several run-ins with the law. How did he get a job? delivering food for uber eats really so so this is the guy delivering food to college dorm rooms and and things like that and so but heck you had elon musk try to try uh try to specific specifically made it clear that they were not going to hire uh non-citizens to work at, in their some of their especially their classified programs within spacex and the biden administration basically sued him and went after him uh, for saying, oh, no, you have to hire non-citizens. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, it, it, it's completely unacceptable and it's unsafe. What, what, it, what this boils down to is I'm a conservative running for governor. Okay, conservatives process information differently. You know, Greg's a, a Chamber of Commerce Republican, and they're all for creating jobs wherever those jobs may be. And, and if some people get raped or murdered along the way, at least they've created jobs. And that dovetails into the marijuana dispensaries that he's done you know he's creating jobs but they're selling drugs he's creating jobs but yes there's going to be illegal doing those jobs and these are all unacceptable you know circumstances in the well the voters did that not the governor i mean i i get your point you you wish that he would have overturned uh, but, uh, but at the end of the day i mean the voters are the ones that allowed uh, legalized rec- recreational marijuana well the, the the voters it passed by 56 percent and the voters voted for the benefits it was marketed well you know, they wanted to help the veterans. We all want to do that. They wanted to help fish, wildlife, and parks with conservation, you know, land buys. 
so that the people voted for the benefits thinking it would be regulated, but it wasn't regulated. And I'll stop into the end of the studio and we can dive deeper into that mess. Yeah. But it just boils down to that. You know, I, I'm a conservative. If the county's not going to plow the road or the state's not going to plow the road, then I'll use one of my snow plows to plow the road myself. And we can do that same, you know, that same reasoning, reasoning needs to happen with our state governor government so the in the last legislative session so speaking of cracking down employers for illegal i mean we, we've seen in the last legislative legislative session uh did did any lawmakers propose a bill kind of like what right on john was discussing there something that would go after anybody who might employ illegal I, aliens see, see, I, I did i had house bill 959 and this is why i'm running for governor because nothing will change until we have a conservative governor in the in helena i had house bill 959 which would have given your county commissioners the legal standing to have a panhandling soliciting soliciting illegal immigrant law on the books that our county sheriffs could then arrest people. In 959, I couldn't get any traction with it because the Chamber of Commerce and the Uniparty all want to keep this free, cheap labor. And that's going to cause people to get raped and murdered and stabbed like in Kyla. You know, <laughs> I appreciate you keeping me on as long as you have. Usually you shut me off. But people are waiting. Well, it's just we got other callers to get to, and so yeah, we're so yeah. yeah, So I I, I even get cut off. You're going to hear me get cut off in about seven minutes uh, when I I get cut off. I had House Bill 959, which would have done, which would have given our local jurisdictions the tools to start locking these people up. It would have given the legal legal standing because right now there's no there's no law in the books that says hey, you know, the panhandle, the illegal alien, the homeless, like the homeless man that shot Matt from Fuel Fitness in Kalispell. Those guys should all been rounded up, you know, already and off the street. And- well, it's it's crazy. It's like it's like the Kyla stabbing suspects. You know, the victim didn't want to pursue charges, which uh, should raise some more questions about the victim there, right? Uh, or maybe the the victim was in, in fear of retaliation or intimidation or whatever, which makes you wonder if there's a cartel influence among these illegal alien stabbing suspects. But thankfully, because they already had a documented criminal background. Local local authorities were able to work with uh, border patrol to get the, get these guys deported. But why does it have to be that much of a fight, right? Uh, it, it should be a lot easier than that, but it's not with this current federal administration. Tanner, great to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Uh, I'd love to keep chatting, but we got other callers on the phone line. We got to get to here as well. Uh, Joe in Billings next up. Joe, what's going on? Hi, Aaron. Uh, I just had a quick comment, but. Uh, listening to Ken go on, uh, I agree that uh, the employers need to be, you know, gone after. That's fine. However, the Biden administration, not only did he change all the rules, not only did he roll out the red carpet and invite these people in, he increased the U.N. budget 55%. And so it's U.S. taxpayer dollars. These people are being brought by UN NGOs. They're getting paid. They get debit cards and stuff with uh, like eight hundred dollars. They get uh, their transportation to the US is paid, um, and then when they get here, uh, they're getting benefits and stuff from our government too. They get more than our vets do and stuff. Uh, as we've seen, you know, they're kicking vets out of housing and stuff. So to say, I mean, if the government stopped all of that stuff and just enforced the laws that we have on the book, we could nip, you know, this entire process. You know, for 
I've been concerned about the border and for 40 years, and it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. But, um, I really liked when Ronald Reagan put Marines on the border, but then some Mexican shepherd uh, shot at a, a Marine and he killed them. I, instead of pulling all the Marines off, they should have just said, don't shoot Marines or don't shoot at our people. Double down and, and take the fight to the cartels, take the fight to the enemy. All right. Hey, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, thanks for calling in, uh, Joe. Good to hear from you. And, you. and you're right, Marco Rubio, you know, you talk about these illegal aliens are handed cash more than what uh, most of our veterans uh, would be receiving in benefits. Marco Rubio detailed this, what, a week ago or two weeks ago. He He made the point that these illegal aliens are given more money per month than most of you are getting if you're collecting Social Security benefits. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, oh, Evan and Belt has a really good follow-up to this conversation. So, so okay, uh, here's what Evan and Belt says. To Ken, who says it's illegal for illegals to work here, although I would throw out one question. If Elon Musk tried so hard not to employ illegals and the Biden administration threatened to sue him, what message does that send to every employer across America? If you try not to hire illegals, the federal government's going to come after you? Uh, I mean, gee. But anyway, Evan Bell says this. To Ken, who says it's illegal for illegals to work here, and we should arrest the business owners to fix the problem. So if the business owners that hire illegals are the ones encouraging illegal aliens to come here through their policies... Are you tracking what Evan's about to throw down here? Does that mean that Joe Biden and John Tester should be arrested as well because they're crossing the border illegally in the first place? And Biden and Tester and their policies are encouraging the illegals to come here, allowing the illegals to come here, handing them your taxpayer dollars when they get here, uh, handing them uh, paychecks from you, the taxpayers. So should they be arrested too, Ken? Is the question from Evan in Belt. I can hear uh, some of our listeners. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, go get them. <laughs> I can already hear the response to that one out there. Uh, let's see. Jared and Anaconda, our good uh, uh, good uh, Democrat listener and friend, Jared and Anaconda. Good to hear from you. Hey. Um, I'm going to be as polite as possible, but this Tanner Smith guy really bothers me. He doesn't. I, I wouldn't start out being a Democrat. I actually... Jan Forte has not done a bad job. He's a fine governor. This Tanner Smith guy, he keeps going to go against what the voters, the free, I assume he believes in free voting. Um, we voted for legal marijuana. And I'm assuming if he's a Christian, he believes in God. God gave us marijuana. It's a very much a medicinal herb. I fell 27 feet off the roof when I was 18. I smoke weed all the time. I somehow hobbled through life. I ain't gonna allow a guy like him to take our vote away. Hold that thought. Uh, hold that thought, Jared. We got to take a quick break here. Back to Jared and Anaconda after this, and then we've got uh, John and Kalispell as well, and some phone lines open for you.
Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. We were talking about food and beef and crickets and more earlier in the hour. Got a couple of messages that came in on our Montana Talks app. Wes and Forsyth. What about the amount of wheat that Ukraine is still producing? If the situation was as bad as the uh, <clears throat> certain, uh, <laughs> he uses a choice word here, media says, then why would they be producing enough wheat to tank the market? Something to look at, I guess. Yeah, so if things are so bad for Ukraine, how come they're still able to produce so much wheat to tank the market is what Wes and Forsyth had to say. Sally and Sunburst. I'm on pins and needles, awaiting the first cricket burger <laughs> at McD's and deep-fried cricket nuggets at Kentucky Fried. When I hear the likes of Gavin Newsom say that citizens can have comfortable lives, I see his horns pointing through as people in power orchestrate revolving door criminals to recommit crimes, uh, etc. Anyway, a great message from Sally in Sunburst. Uh, back to Jared in Anaconda uh, here. Yeah, so Jared, you you know, uh, you know, your point is like, okay, look, the people in, in a big majority voted to allow for legalized recreational marijuana. We already had medicinal marijuana before that. So y- your point is like, hey, if your campaign is out there saying, I'm going to do away with legalized marijuana. Uh, that's that's going to generate a lot of opposition. I, it's not just you know some of our Democrat friends like you. I mean, there's libertarian uh, conservative Republicans who who supported I that as weed well. With Republicans, you know, <laughs> I have Republican friends that smoke <laughs> weed. It's marijuana. It's an herb. It's not that big of a deal. I just feel like he's on a crusade that really is not going to do him any good. And what I mean by, and maybe this will turn off some of your listeners, but Gianforte actually has been a fine governor. You, governor is governance. you got to go between Democrat, Republican, try to find a middle line. He's done a good job. And I just feel like the, the fire and brimstone stuff that Tanner Smith is doing is just, it's a little overboard. And, I mean, maybe that's his angle. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I understand the frustration. I think, I think what what we're, we are seeing with marijuana, because I get where you're coming from, Jared, which is like, okay, hey, the the, the marijuana of the '70s and the Aber Day Kagers, okay, you know, and there's a lot of people who do marijuana. I, I don't like it myself, but at the same time, I I know people who do it, and 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 they can, can and they live fine, productive lives, right? Uh, and then there's some people that do it, and man, they can't handle it. Just like some people can't handle alcohol, some people can't handle other things. But I also understand that. that what we're seeing now with the illicit marijuana operations that are operating under the guise of legalized recreational marijuana, that's where the real danger is right now, not the legal stuff that maybe you're finding and purchasing. But 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 the cartels are taking advantage of the illicit markets, uh, and so are the Chinese, and that's where they're pumping out stuff that's 20 times more lethal than than the typical marijuana that a guy like you might be in, uh, might might be using. So that I so I understand the concern on that front, especially with crime, etc. All right, uh, Jared, thanks for the call. Let's see who do we got next on the phone lines here. Uh, oh yeah, John and Kalispell. John, what's on your mind? Oh, let's see here. Hey, take a look at uh, illegal aliens. Here's the whole issue with Congress. 
Nobody wants to solve a problem because this problem was allegedly solved with Reagan and Tip O'Neill. However, in order for Reagan to get the spending that he needed to or wanted uh, in order to get our economy jump-started from the late 70s, he worked a deal out with Tip O'Neill and gave asylum to the individuals that were existing. And that never solved the problem. And so you take a look at Clinton. You take a look at the first Bush. You take a look at Clinton. You take a look at the second Bush, Obama. You even take a look at Trump. And I think his issue was Congress didn't want to, with Paul Ryan and those idiots in the House, as well as the idiots in the Senate, never wanted to have a final resolution. And now you look at all of these nonprofit uh, tax-exempt organizations that continue to go out and represent illegals that shouldn't have any standing in our courts, period, because they're not citizens of the United States. Therefore, they should be removed. These people are not citizens, as defined by law. Yet our courts are so corrupt, and these judges are nothing but political black despot or black robe despot thugs in order to push an agenda. And these individuals are more concerned about a party than they are about the nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, no, good, good point. And yeah, and that's why they passed amnesty. They, they cut a deal and they did an amnesty deal for the illegals that were already here in the 80s. And it wasn't the war to end all wars. It wasn't the deal to end all illegal immigration. No, actually, surprise, surprise, it encouraged more of it. Uh, I was going to go to Justin in Lincoln. Uh, looks like we lost Justin in Lincoln. I was going to try to sneak you on there before we ran out of time. Uh, but that, that, that does remind me. I had, I had a message here. I told you I was going to share, um, they didn't use their their name here. They just uh, went by the name Cows Not Condos, somebody on some ranch somewhere. Anyway, uh, this guy says he stays incognito so some tree spiker doesn't attack his place. But anyway, he says he tried to comment on Ryan Bussey's uh, campaign Instagram page, but apparently uh, they removed his comment. But basically, he was telling Ryan Bussey, that his background against the Second Amendment, trying to destroy the gun industry that helps citizens protect their homes and their families, is out there for everyone to see. Uh, he also says that the interviews in Soros publications, CNN, MSNBC, prove that you do not stand with Montanans who value their freedoms. Uh, so that was the message that apparently got deleted from.